Um, but I do want to hear uh, about the first time you played Magic the Gathering. Oh my god, it was so hard! I think the, the, the basic math... I know it's supposed to be basic, because it says it in the name, but it's actually right. really difficult to keep track. It, I mean, it is a... It is a complex game. Um, they used to—they don't really do this anymore, but they used to make um, starter sets like that, basically y- severely limited the number of abilities that creatures could have, oh. and like there weren't instants, so you could only cast sorceries, um, which kind of simplifies the timing rules because you can only cast sorceries during your main phase, um, and so. Uh, and that, like, reduced combat tricks and activated abilities and stuff like that. So they, like, that's how I learned, like, when I was 11. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, but it's all different and, now. And and they're banning a lot of stuff that, like, cards that I have found online. It's, like, banned, whatever, because it just makes things too difficult for everyone else well, yeah, to play. And yeah, there, like, are, there are, yeah, very overpowered cards for sure. And that, I mean... We could talk about this all day. This has turned into a Magic the Gathering this podcast. This is now a Magic the Gathering podcast. I, I, f- are... I feel bad, though, oh. because I get what you say when you say it, but I'm just like, what the fuck? And then I get overwhelmed and think I'm never going to get good because, <laughs> because I struggle adding and subtracting from 20. <laughs> it's scary. Yeah, when I say it's a complex game, that's definitely not the part I thought. I know you would find complex it's really fun but it is it's 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 awesome yeah it's a great strategy game um what was i gonna say so i play like primarily i play two formats okay Uh, i play booster draft which is where you show up without a deck and you get three booster packs so the 15 card little randomized packs and the foil wrapping okay um, and you sit in a circle of eight people, you open the first pack, you look through it, you pick the card you want the most, you pass the pack to your left. Right. Um, I've been told about keep, this. I thought yeah, it was legend. Keep, no, no, it's real. So you keep drafting that way, and just whatever 45 cards you draft that night, you get to keep, and that's the deck that you play with. Oh. Um that evening uh and then the other one that i play is a a more casual format called commander where your deck has to be a hundred cards oh um and you can't have uh multiples of any card except for basic lands oh um so and and you can play with cards from across the entire um entire lifespan of magic so i have a ton of cards from like 98 97 um can you play those you can just like Oh, yeah. Hmm. See, I feel like yeah. I should have gotten into this so much longer ago. Yeah. Uh, it's cool. Adam has uh, cards. He has a whole collection, but they're at his dad's nice. house in Arizona. And he's just like, I need to plan a trip there. <laughs> but uh, not to tell anyone that we're going for my magic cards. <laughs> I'm just like, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, um. But yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a great game. I have a good friend. Um, my friend Anthony, who gave me a box of common and uncommons last night, 
And nice. I haven't yet gone through them, but I made the mistake of picking the black deck, which the guy said it was about death and destruction, but I didn't know the artwork would be so scary. <laughs> yeah, well, that, I mean, that's what black is about, man. It's about it's about destruction. It's about it's a lot about sacrificing your own uh, resources uh, in the long term for short term games, pay, paying life to draw cards. Yeah, I that feel sort like it's a Republican deck, and I'm more of like <laughs> more of a white deck um, kind of person. <laughs> Now, see, now we're getting somewhere here. Is black the most Republican magic color? <laughs> um, well, it probably is, but I think blue is the most libertarian. Oh, I was going to say red, just because Republicans are red. <laughs> yeah, I mean, theoretically, yes, but, like, uh, red and magic is just, like, all just chaos and cheap creatures and direct damage uh, like it's not I, yeah i'm leaning more We're towards he- green to be honest with you the the nature aspect of it is really good uh green is awesome yeah. i play mostly red green are my two favorite colors interesting to play. i was thinking of yeah. of kind of building a blue green deck to start i was told about you know offensive decks and more strategic decks and some that are just kind of like we're gonna get through this really quickly kind of decks and i i haven't figured out what kind of deck i want to build but i've gone on ebay and i've on a whim bought um tower collections for each color and they're very powerful cards it seems and i think what are hang on i'm not familiar with that term tower collection hold on let me see i have them here in a sleeve that i keep uh a tower they're artifacts okay okay so for the black tower you tap it and gain 10 life but you oh oh i know which ones you're talking about i know which ones you're talking yeah. about yeah what's the what's the name of that card it's like from the i, I think tower it's from the ravnica cycle ta- oh, i don't know what that means tower of eons okay and then there's tower of calamities which is uh deals 12 damage to target creature which is legit uh, yeah, but how much how much do you have to pay for that ability though? Only four. Isn't it like ten it's four? Yeah. How much does it cost to cast? Uh eight. Okay, that's how they get you. Oh, oh. I see what's happening. Okay. Although if you're playing green, um you can get to eight mana faster than turn eight. Exactly. Green has a lot of great ways. Yes. When we went to the the store, the guy was like, yeah, the green is a little more powerful. And I was like, hmm, I kind of want to get green just for that reason. But I also feel like that's cheating. <laughs> no, the the reality is the colors, now the colors are all pretty well balanced. For a large part of Magic's history, blue was way overpowered. Oh. Um, but, yeah. uh, but the colors are all pretty well, well balanced. But what's brilliant about the game is they all do completely different things and lead to completely different styles of gameplay. Right. Including in combination. I'm super intimidated to actually go to some sort of store and play. Uh, I don't know how nice that nerds are going to be. <laughs> I, I, I mean this in all sincerity. I have been so um, pleasantly surprised by every Magic the Gathering community that I have been part of. Um, Ooh, okay. At, at the professional level, um, they're great. Like It is a very, I think, progressive and forward-thinking community. It's very male-dominated. I watched a a documentary on Vice about it, and I was just like, there's no girls. Yeah, it's like like 97% male, but um, for a group that is 97% male, um, they really do, I think, value um, 
value folks that are not male coming in uh, to the community and, and try to be very welcoming Ooh, okay. to them. So women and not, I have met more non-binary people playing Magic the Gathering than I have probably as a, doing like socialist organizing. Wow, really? <laughs> That's amazing. Yes. I'm really intrigued um, by the community part of it. And yeah. um, I was told that there's a place on Melrose nearby where people really want to play with new people so that they can help them yes. and get good at mentoring. And yes. uh, that made me feel kind of better. And they'll be like, you know, hey, that might not be a good idea. Try this right. kind of thing. I'd rather right. do that than like, you suck. Exactly. And that's what my store is like, too. Shout out First Aid Comics on 55th Street in Chicago. Uh, <laughs> this is a different podcast. We're doing an episode of our first one, Magic the Gathering. Yes. Co- Magic colon the gathering colon. <laughs> Nadia doesn't know what she's doing. No, this is this is awesome. I think if you go to a store, people, and, and if you say, like, I'm still relatively new to the game, people are going to be very welcoming. They're going to be very welcoming to, first of all, any woman that shows up <laughs> because because we really want women to show up. Um, but like I said, especially at the purpose? professional. Espe- no, just like because we want a more diverse mm-hmm. um, group of people to play with, especially at the professional level. Mm-hmm. Um like, I mean, I don't know if I can just... get at a professional level because no. these people are have been playing since they were, like, seven years old. Yeah, like, you and I will probably never get there, but, like, <laughs> there has there is just zero tolerance for harassment, for uh, targeting folks. Really? Like, yeah, I mean, and when you look at, like, okay, so I listened to um, a podcast uh, called Limited Resources, which is a Magic the Gathering strategy podcast specifically for Booster Draft. In many ways, it's what I model our podcast on. And <laughs> I, uh, um, and that's hosted by uh, two professional players, uh, Marshall Sutcliffe and Louis Scott Vargas. And uh, both very good players, uh, but um, but they, like, do a listener survey every year. And when they're, like... Hey, uh, came back, uh, we're still 95% male, and it's like, guys, we gotta do better. Like, (laughs) do not, like, we shouldn't be turning women away. Anything that is making them uncomfortable, we gotta work to stop. And if you see something, and if you don't speak out, you're just as bad as people doing the harassing. Wow, I wish Um, kind of the world was into this. Right! That's really, really great. I, I mean, the the part of it that is intimidating is that it's a bunch of dudes, and I thought it was, like, a bunch of 4chan dudes. No, no, that's what's really great, is it is not, like, Gamergate assholes <laughs> or um, or channers or anything like that. It is, at least in my experience, and again, like, I'm playing near a university, so I'm playing a lot of grad students, and maybe that, oh, cool. uh, maybe that affects my, um, the people I play with, but, like, it is generally a very friendly, very welcoming community. Okay. I think I just have to be okay with losing. Right. Well, that <laughs> we all have to be okay with losing. <laughs> I'm um, very competitive. You wouldn't think so. I'm very bad at sports, but when it comes to strategy games, I feel like I have a bigger head than I need to have. Well, the other thing to keep in mind, and I don't like losing either, but... Even if you have the best deck in the world, or even if you were a great player, there is still a large luck element to this Definitely. Game. Yeah, that's kind of the part of it that seems the most exciting and intimidating is, you know, my best cards could be at the bottom, and that scares yes. me. <laughs> well, yeah, and you gotta, like, 
I, I can just point you to a lot of YouTubers. Uh, oh, yeah, that's then, great. I, I've been watching a few, but they play a little too quickly. They do, like, some, I mean, especially, like, because I've been playing the game for years. Like, some of them do play, like, super fast and are pros and stuff. But there, there are, I think, some folks that are, like, um, not just good players, but also just super fun, like, personalities. Ooh, okay, to, yeah. To watch on YouTube. Like, I love, um, Frank Lepore. He's a very funny, um, very funny player, really and, and I think has a great sort of attitude about, you know, playing the game for fun. Ooh, okay. Um, and, uh, I'll, I'll send these all to you. I'm leaving all of this in the episode. Oh, good. It's like uh, 20 minutes of Magic the Gathering. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't want to listen to this. You guys suck. <laughs> um... <laughs> But no, sorry, sorry. I just keep talking about magic. No, I mean um, it's fine. I am. Uh, I really want to have a good time and be really open to it, but I'm very intimidated by it. So I, I know I'll be okay, and it'll just get easier the more I play. I've only played like two matches with my yeah. welcome deck, you know. So I just, I also don't want to get duped into buying, you know, counterfeit cards on eBay and things like that. So I'm just being very cautious. Because I feel like the community yeah. is so uh, intense, but in a good way. It's just I don't want to come out looking like an idiot if I go, you know, play a game at a store. Yeah. And you're like, this no, is fake. I, I think, All of your think, cars are fake. The hologram I, isn't on here. I, I think people will be welcoming. Um, I can point you to some places to buy cards Ooh, okay. that are good. Um because there, there are just a lot of, like, direct shippers that are very reliable. Were you um, uh, playing when you were here? No, I wasn't. Oh, okay. So I played in, like, junior high. <laughs> so, like, 1998 to 2001. Um, and then I stopped. And then I started playing again in 2016. Oh, wow. That's uh, a long hiatus. Did you remember yeah. how to play or did it... I did remember how to play, but um, there was a lot that had changed, um, and there were a lot of different, but not not a lot that had changed necessarily. But there were a lot of new things, mm -hmm. like a lot of new mechanics. There were a couple new card types, um, and then I was playing some formats I hadn't played before, so I kind of had to get used to that. Like I hadn't done booster draft before. Oh, okay. Um, but. Uh, but the basics of the game remain unchanged. You will be great at it, I'm sure. You ju it just takes time to actually, like, learn and get comfortable with it. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know if you remember a Pokemon card game. But yeah, it's yeah, yeah. super similar. Yeah. So that made me feel kind of comfortable. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> I had all um, of the terrible Pokemons. I had, like, a Butterfree and a, <laughs> and a fucking... I don't know, I had a bunch of lame ones. I really wanted the Charizard, but I thought, well, if I have a bunch of lame ones on one Charizard, this isn't going to work. Yeah. So. Just Im imagining being at a go uh, at a bar and <laughs> just like, hey, should I go hit on that girl? No, nah, man, she's a butterfly. <laughs> what? Wait, what's the Charizard of Magic the Gathering? Um, Are you talking about most valuable or most powerful or like, what are we talking about? Uh both i guess uh so most valuable card uh which was printed in the original set is called black lotus Ooh. um which is a zero cost artifact that you can sacrifice to add three mana uh of any one color so it basically accelerates you by three turns uh pretty early on it's only 70 dollars um, on ebay that is a fake <gasps> 
<laughs> 92 sold. 92 people got duped. There's no way in hell there's a Black Lotus. Oh, okay. There's one that's $10,000. It's $9,999.99. Yeah, that's the real one. <laughs> um, so Bl- Black Lotus is definitely the most expensive, um, like canonically. Um, there was a set of nine cards, uh, including Black Lotus, that are called the Power Nine, oh. uh, which were printed in the original set and are, are considered like the, the most overpowered cards in Magic. Um, so Black Lotus, the Five Moxes, Time Walk, Time Twister, and Ancestral Recall. Whoa, Um, Ancestral Recall sounds tight! (laughs) Yeah, no, it's one mana draw three cards. It's insanely underpriced. Um, Is that banned? uh, I know a few, I was talking to Anthony yesterday, and he said a few things in his deck have been banned because people find it impossible to play when they're playing. Yeah, well, so it depends on the format, so like... Um, there are all sorts of different constructed formats. So there's like standard where you can only play with cards made in the past two years. Um, there's modern, which is where you can play any cards from like 2006 forward, which considered the modern era of magic. Um, there's legacy where you can, uh, play like basically with anything, but there's a very long banned and restricted list. And then there's, um, vintage where you can play with anything and there's no banned list. So you can just... Uh, go insane with your deck so each of those formats has its own um list of banned cards oh okay Um, that makes sense so you should watch this documentary that i saw the other day it was on vice and it's i was on the youtube channel it was like 20 23 minutes or something and they go kind of in depth with these dudes who have all the vintage stuff from when it just started out and they they don't want to play the modern they want to just play with people who are in using the vintage yeah, the old decks school and stuff, he, yeah. they go to the tournament it's just like a bunch of old balding dudes and they all have yeah. everything in really protective sleeves inside of other sleeves and they're just like super yeah. intense i'm just like i want to go to that kind of thing but where do those guys go i don't want to go to jersey there's uh well the grand prix moves around like um so they'll do several a year they never do it in chicago and they probably don't do it in la because um it's just too expensive to get a space oh yeah yeah um so, like, for me, I'd have to, like, drive to Indianapolis, which I don't want to do. No. Like, generally. Your days of um, driving somewhere to be somewhere are over, <laughs> I think. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's how um, Magic started, by the way, was at Gen Con 1993 um, in Indianapolis. So, um, Wizards of the Coast, like, contacted the man who would create Magic, Dr. Richard Garfield, uh, and his, <laughs> his band of grad students at Penn, and said... Hey, um, we are going to Gen Con. We need you to create a game for people to play in between Dungeons and Dragons games. Oh, like that. That's how it started. It's like Dungeons and Dragons is long and takes you know multiple times. We need you to just come up with something people can play in like 20, 30 minutes, something short. Oh my god, my match um, lasted two hours. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> we, so well, you were learning. I was learning. You were I was learning. learning. Wow, that's um, so crazy. Yeah. So he. He created the game, they took it to Gen Con, and they were like, hey, Gen Con, we got this new game called Magic the Gathering. It's kind of like D&D, but with cards. And, like, everyone at Gen Con is like, D&D, but with cards. Yep, sounds good. I'm in. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah. That's so wild. It's it's really, really cool. There was, um, when I was in high school, I would go to the mall, and there was always a Magic the Gathering tournament happening right outside of Macy's on a bunch of, uh, <laughs> like, 
sad picnic tables that they had there. Yes. But the, the line to actually play was long because they never had enough tables. And a few years ago, I went back and it was they just expanded everything in front. They moved the, the kiosk that was there. I think it was some sort of frozen yogurt thing. And they, it was way more tables and way more people playing. And I was just watching from the second floor and it looked so intricate and scary. And now that I'm playing it, I realize that it is intricate. It's a little scary, but it's not as bad. I think the social aspect is more intimidating to me than anything. You're going to do great at the social aspect. I'm scared. <laughs> no, you're going to do I don't great. do well with, like, dudes who know a lot about a lot of stuff. <laughs> I, I, I'm very turned off by it. It's kind of like when you go in line at UCB and it's just a bunch of improv dudes shooting the shit about improv. And if you haven't gone yes. to a show in the last two weeks, you're screwed in the conversation. Yeah. So I feel like, you know, they have 20 years of... Magic the Gathering knowledge, and I'm just going to be there being like, I just learned how to play it a couple weeks ago, and it's really fun, and I'm scared of the dicks. The yeah, I'm just remembering me and my buddies in line at UCB being like, uh, just like recounting our favorite, like, Rene Goubet scene initiations. <laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I don't know. I, I mean, that's 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 what we did. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I'm sure I am that when it comes to the Lonely Island or something. Like I, I, <laughs> I know everything about the Lonely Island, and I'm happy to talk about it. And I'm sure people yeah. will be annoyed because I'll be like, yeah. Was Lazy fun. Sunday the... The very first one, or was there another hit before that? Uh, Lazy Sunday was their first SNL hit, but they had okay. a YouTube channel way before YouTube. Before that. Yeah, YouTube yeah. was pretty big, but they had a, a, a hit song before that called Kablamo, which is my senior quote in my high school yearbook. <laughs> <laughs> I have, actually, I have a uh, Gerard Way quote mixed in with a lonely island quote which i feel like encompasses who i am as a person pretty well <laughs> and it's uh ordinary people wait no heroes are ordinary people who are extraordinary kablamo <laughs> no no it's heroes are ordinary people who make themselves extraordinary kablamo is my senior quote <laughs> okay do you like, did you write that? Sorry, I just have, like, logistics questions. Sure, sure, sure. Do you write that as, like, two separate quotes, each with their own attribution? Or it like... was, like, two sentences. Heroes are ordinary people who make themselves extraordinary, period. And then in all caps, kablamo, exclamation point. I like it. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't decide, so I was just like, I'm doing both. Because if it's just kablamo, who knows? But I did, when I was an intern at SNL, I told Yorma that he that that was my senior quote and he said that was adorable and i was just like <laughs> it is adorable. i love you <laughs> i've seen everything you've ever done <laughs> i'm a big fan is yorma is yorma was it yorma or kiva that guest starred in like an episode of girls oh yeah where you see his ass like, yeah it's yorm yeah yeah it's like yeah and and he's like a horrible human yeah being. yeah he's a he's like uh, a an art guy yes yeah. yes he's like a he's like a modern artist and he like fucks allison williams yeah. Or something. <laughs> yeah he does and you see his little tush it's really bad it's uh it's weird it's weird when they're not 
together in some Wait, way. Yeah, when they're not Lonely Island. Yeah, yeah. I'm just like, oh, okay. But they, I, I think they did an incredible job, Akiva and Yorma, they did an incredible job directing Popstar. I think it's one of the most underrated movies in the last five years. I, that is what I've heard, and I have never oh seen Oh my gosh, I bought it. You can log into my iTunes account if you want to watch <laughs> it. I, I love it so much. Every time I'm sad or sick or need some sort of comfort, I play it in the background. It is the funniest movie. It's very underrated, and the music is incredible. Like, don't listen to the soundtrack until you watch the movie, because it'll, yeah. it'll definitely ruin everything. No, I believe that it's very funny. I, I want to see it. I remember seeing the trailer and being like, okay, that actually kind of looks hilarious. Yeah, and it's very well shot. And they took a lot of Judd Apatow's notes to make it more grounded in emotion versus silliness, which I feel like Hot Rod didn't really have, but I still love Hot Rod. <laughs> but Hot Rod has Ebenezer Scrooge at the end uh, <laughs> showing up with a Christmas goose for the happy ending. Like, you can't beat that. Yeah! It's not gonna have anything like that, but it does have a really significant emotional payoff that, for some reason, makes me cry. I'm just like, how do they do this to me every time? <laughs> Every time I watch it, it's really good.